You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Deanna Havis. Deanna, thanks so much for being with me today. Thanks for having me. Deanna, I'd love to talk about your show at Tara Downs, of course, which is up now, Message from the Source, running through June 17th of this year. Um, to begin with, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an exciting show, and I, the, the size of the works, the way they're produced, so many things about it I want to discuss, but maybe we should begin with a title, because the titles of a number of these works are also really interesting to me. Some of them seem to have a sense of humor, some of them seem to be um, perhaps a, a critique, we'll, we'll go through them, but, but the, the title too, Message from the Source, can you tell me a little bit about that? I have sort of like alchemical ideas about that, but also it seems yeah, definitely. humorous in a way. Um, yeah, tell me about that, that title. Um, so yeah, so when I was abroad, I, I spent like the past year and a half abroad, and I was watching a lot of YouTubes on sort of self-improvement and like all these sort of like, you know, like kind of niche YouTube communities ranging from like Christian science to like self-improvement to like Tony Robbins sort of stuff. And, you know, I was, I think like kind of in the past, I had like a tendency to dismiss this kind of content, but I wanted to approach it with a sort of, um, I guess, uh, open-mindedness and like um, genuineness I think because I was like a little bit homesick so the titles definitely come from some content in that sphere you know of of these these YouTube communities and kind of new age self-improvement stuff which I, I found super interesting but also very American at the same time yeah, that's such an interesting perspective. I mean, I'd love to talk about that for a minute because, right, that does seem to be this kind of quintessential American um, <clears throat> kind of media message. And you're you're looking at it, I mean, from abroad, and it seems like from a critical standpoint, not that you're, you know, being critical of it, but you're 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 thinking about it and trying to be open to it, and at the same time understanding it's its form and its content and its cultural context. So, so what did you think about it? Did, did some of it uh, ring true or what was your, or, or very false or, or both? What was your kind of takeaway from immersing yourself in that kind of media? Um, I, I think I, I was able to um, incorporate some of them, some of these ideas into my own life. I mean, I was in a weird situation where, I had like, I guess what I would describe as like technological bad luck where my phone, I tried to port to Google voice, but it got, um, the number got deleted by Google for some like, I guess, terms of service violations. My computer broke my like Instagram account. I got locked out of it. So I, you know, I was kind of like far away in the world and, and sort of isolated. So I thought, you know, maybe I should just, you know, unplug for a bit. Although I was watching YouTube, I, I guess it's not really unplugged, but I, you know, was interested in sort of like, you know, self-reflection. It was still kind of, you know, everyone was coming down from the lockdown still. That was still sort of going going on. So I, I wanted to do some sort of like self-reflection and like some sort of meditative work. 
um, in that way, you know, taking advantage of, you know, the time I, I was, you know, sort of locked out and then, you know, on the other side of the world where I, you know, had some friends, but not too many. So, um, yeah, that was kind of what was in my mind at the time. And rather than, you know, panic that, you know, I'm, you know, I can't access my Instagram, Instagram account and I, you know, I can't chat with my friends as easily as I, you know, I want to, I, you know, tried to make the best of the situation. And I think I did, I don't know. And and that, that's kind of, you know, what my mindset was going into making this show. So it, it was good. And, you know, I take, you know, I'm incorporating this sort of, you know, this sort of mindset adjustments still with me, or at least I try to, and, you know, not, you know, sink back into, you know, old habits, old habits, you know, when you're kind of just, you know, glued to your phone and, you know, you get sucked into this sort of social media and, you know, this sort of thing. That, yeah, that's you know, so interesting. Yeah, that's that's such an interesting position you were in, and uh, and such an interesting topic to talk about because that's something that I think everyone struggles with in 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 some way, you know. Um, so to talk about the the specific works because there, there's really a range of kind of ideas in here. One that was um, to me, I thought the most abstract. It was. Um, uh, the one called Untitled, and it and it has you know what looks like wheat in the front, and and then this kind of pattern in the background that looks like it's being erased. Um, that was a really interesting one, and 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 for me there was kind of optical effects happening there, right? I'm I'm looking at what looks like a beautiful sort of sheaf of wheat, or or or, or the or something like that, and then in, in the background there's something that looks almost like a like an optical illusion. I can't, um, you know. Yeah, like this like, moray pattern sort of right. effect. Right, and, and that was really interesting. I mean, and, and that sounds like it speaks to some of what you were talking about. That moray pattern reminds me a little bit of what we we might see, although we don't quite see that on 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 social media, but it's, it, it kind of speaks to technology. Yeah. And at the same time, there's something happening that's physiological, right? I'm, I'm looking at this image, this visual image, and part of it I can completely read, and the other part I cannot read entirely. It's, it's, it's fading or it's not fading, or, or I'm fading or I'm not fading. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, also, in these works, I was, you know, I had sort of in my mind, you know, thinking about, Van Gogh at the same time, these late works from him, and, you know, how kind of, you know, this sort of ideology ties into that period of time when he was working, and how, you know, it was working with this sort of, like, these genre scenes and these still lives, and I, I was also thinking about those themes going into the show, and how, you know, how I would sort of reimagine you know, some of the ideas he was painting with in, in, in his late works and how, you know, nowadays, you know, it would be more like product photography and like this sort of technical deconstructive uh, aesthetic to that, you know, rather than this like impressionistic, you know, the, the techniques that he would use as sort of like thick brush strokes and impressionistic um, style that he was using. So, so it's you know it's it's to me like 
um, I guess, my interpretation of some of these things, but also, you know, I was in Eastern Europe and, you know, I definitely was surrounded by these wheat fields, although I didn't really go to the wheat fields in person that much, only one time to pick up a package that the delivery had missed. But, you know, it was around me at the time. So, you know, I was interested in, in the idea of them, even though I didn't, you know, it, it wasn't something I could see from my window, but I, you know, I, I felt them nearby. I, I, I love that association, that influence. Is that, um, like, are we talking about the series Enhanced Serenity or those works? Those, those seem to relate to that, or, or is it different works in there that, that you mean when you were thinking about that? I mean, there's the, the one we just talked about. Oh, no, that, you know, all, the, all of them, all of them. Yeah, all of them, I think, um, kind of reflect that as well, but also, you know, trying to bring it uh, not just like aesthetically up to date, but sort of like conceptually up to date, incorporating what was what I was talking about before this sort of, you know, um, self-improvement, you know, new age ideology as well, you know, not just, not just the, like aesthetic interpretation of it, but also, you know, ha- like imbuing those ideas in as well. I like that. And I mean, to talk about then success consciousness, which was one that I really liked also. And, and of course is, you know, it's what we were talking about at the beginning a bit too. This one has um, hands, hands clapping and, and, and these kind of, um, uh, shapes in the background that that look almost like something that that could be generated from a computer, right? These kind of not so organic forms, and also a spiral that is a bit of an organic form. But what struck me in in, in these, um, and and also seems to happen in the one um, that we are just talking about, untitled with the with the wheat, is that there's a something very photographic happening here, which is the hands at the beginning of the frame are in perfect focus and then we're losing focus as as we go to the back of the of the as we see successive hands and that's really kind of interesting to to me you know in, in terms of photography and in terms of also how we see because of course we don't we don't actually see like that we see more or less it seems that those hands are all in focus to us but um but it's always the ones in the front that seem as as I'm reading the the work that are really crisp and 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 then they change and then they become out of focus and that also maybe relates to what's happening in the background. Am I just reading all that into it or is that part of what you were thinking? No, too no definitely. The, yeah. Definitely. Um, so especially when I was, you know, looking at these Van Gogh works, he has sometimes, it's not always just landscape or, you know, the still life, but he has, sometimes these figures and he would always have these sort of like, you know, peasant worker type anonymous figures in, you know, within the landscape as part of the landscape. And, you know, I thought nowadays, like we wouldn't, you know, the figures that you would deal with are like, you know, the marketing executives or like the corporate board that like, you know, handles the wheat and handles the potatoes and handle, you know, the, the, the produce that is depicted elsewhere in the show. So, you know, I, I found that they kind of like now, you know, you probably have these sort of like 
industrial machines picking the wheat and, you know, the potatoes, you, you don't really have people working in the field, although you do in some parts of the world, but, you know, that's not really generally how, you know, we gather our agriculture. So I, I sort of thought that I would replace those figures with, you know, these marketing and, and board type, you know, nebulous, disembodied, you know, working figures in there instead, because I, I think that's more, you know, more reflective of, you know, how, what that process is about, you know, harvesting, you know, wheat and having um, some sort of relationship with the, with the, um, with the soil, which, you know, was so important to Van Gogh, you know, this sort of salt of the earth people that would, you know, actually interact with, with the land and, you know, work in the fields. And now we sort of have this like disembodied, like technocratic people that uh, administer the land and, you know, they're the closest thing to it. And they have this sort of like more abstract relationship to the land than, you know, than in Van Gogh's romantic depiction. So, you know, that's, I think that's important. Uh, That's, that's changed between now and, you know, the late, 19th century. That sure uh, has. Mid 19th century um, when he painted that. So part of you know this the show which you know is so interesting to me is it's um it's a dialogue with Van Gogh right I mean and, and, and you know and I and I don't often I interview a lot of artists right and everyone's working on all kinds of different things and often dialoguing with maybe certain types of research uh, but it's it's surprising that I don't see more like this because you're you're talking about a dialogue with an artist, and uh, right? I mean, am I reading that right? And, and what's happening with yeah. Van Gogh and well, you is, well, is not just an interpretation, but you're you're looking closely at his at his work too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I don't I don't know if I can say it's a dialogue since you know he's not alive, so he can't he can't really like consent to a dialogue. <laughs> Maybe hmm. it's like a, uh, a unilateral conversation, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I work sort of differently in each work I make and each exhibition is sort of a little bit different. And, you know, this was just on my, on my mind at the time. So it, it kind of, you know, in the process of making this work, it sort of evolved um, organically, I guess. And, and, you know, I, I was like in the thick of it and then I realized, you know, what I was interested in, you know, what I was working on had these, had these themes. So, and so, so, yeah. so let's talk about a, a few others in here, enhanced serenity. Um, there's a, a few of these, which, you know, seem more clear in terms of the context that you're talking about, but these are, um, you could say landscapes, but they don't have any any reference to the land. These are these are skies. These are yeah. clouds. These are these are blazing suns or details of them, which you know I can I can see as a reference to Van Gogh, but also something else is happening here, right? I mean, the, just the title "Enhanced Serenity" seems to also tap into again the videos you were watching and this whole idea of of perhaps what it what it means to have that kind of um, upward gaze because these these are the only works in the show that have that kind of um, viewpoint, which is, which is so abstract to not have a a land reference. Yeah. um, 
definitely. I think what was really important to Van Gogh and what people sort of, I think, overlook about him was that he was actually really um, pious and like really religious and that informed his work. So um, I was thinking about that also in the context of his work and, you know, just, I think the, the origin um, of the material, like the, the actual image itself came from the sort of like, um, um, sort of stock material that people would use I think when they have like a you know deceased relative or a pet or something that they sort of you know you can photoshop you know it's like an enhanced sun and then you but it like looks a bit a bit heavenly so you can you know photoshop your loved one in there so I was really just drawn to you know how you know to the weird power of this image, which is, you know, kind of an ordinary, like, low-res image. So I was also thinking about, um, you know, about faith and, and about how, you know, now it's like a very subjective sort of thing and, you know, everyone kind of has their own relationship with, with you know, the source or, you know, it, it, a lot of times, in, in especially in some of this new age YouTube circles, they, you know, they talk about source and as a sort of like, it seems like a, like a placeholder for this like omnipresent God material sort of thing. So I was also interested in that and thinking about um, Van Gogh's faith and, you know, what faith is like now and, you know, spirituality, especially within the context of, of these, these groups. So, so that I think that's, that's what I was trying to, you know, address with those because you also can't have, you know, these agricultural products. You can't have this sort of bounty without, you know, without the sun or without, you know, even on a deeper, more spiritual level, you know, source or God or, you know, whatever you call it. That's really interesting because our relationship, of course, to God is completely different now than it was with 19th century painters. And it seems, for me anyway, hard to imagine what they were even thinking or what life was like then where, um, yeah, our sense of spirituality, our sense of God, our sense of religion was absolutely nothing like it is now. And and, and artists don't relate to it at all in the same way. It's, It's such an interesting topic to move into. Yeah, definitely. I mean, back, I think back in the day where, a lot of these 19th century post-impressionist painters were working, you know, you had the church and that was, you know, the faith, what people believed in your area. And there wasn't a lot of exchange with other, you know, other faiths, especially in, in Europe where they were working. Um, And it wasn't, you know, now, especially in the U S like this is a subjective thing, you know, you have your faith, and, you know, it's sort of, you know, up to you and, and your, you know, chosen community, what you decide for it to be. But it, it's like totally different from from how it was then. And it's, yeah, like you said, hard to fathom what, what that relationship was like because it's so, you know, it's so distant and foreign to us now. Deanna, I want to thank you for talking to me today. It's been a pleasure and I wish you well on the show. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me, and uh, definitely check it out, everyone who's listening who 
who's in the area or who can see it. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.